0: To episode 91 of Games My Mom found. I am Mike Helverton. And who's with me tonight? Julian Titus, thanking fuck for Simon Templeman. <laughs> yeah, just me and Julian tonight coming back for our fourth legacy of Cain Kane game on this series. Unfortunately, due to circumstances, Mike is actually in the hospital right now due to sinus, sinusitis or something he said. And the way he put it, his body is fighting him, trying to make sure he didn't have to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it first started off, That's he had fair. migraines. When he first started playing it, he had a bloody nose that kept him from playing it. And he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna try to play." He's like, man, this game sucks, so I'm gonna try to play it. And then it just, and then next, and then next thing you know, he ends up getting admitted to hospital because of just of the sinus infection of things. And he's like, "It's his body telling me he just can't play this game for the show." So, games my mom found playing games to save your life <laughs> did not. So that's why he's not here today. But he will be back next week in the next episode that you guys hear. It's already been pre-recorded. Well, so Feel better soon. That, that, that's rough. But. <laughs> he is. He was supposed to come home today at the time of this recording, but I don't know if he is. So hopefully tomorrow. It's been like three days already. So I know he's ready. Yeah. But he, he's never playing this game again. I know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> neither am I. But we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. I mean, Spoilers. <laughs> oh, and in.
0: I should say, there will be spoilers for the Legacy of Kane series, Silver River 1, Soul Reaver 2, Blood Omen 1. Stuff that actually matters. And there will be spoilers for Blood Omen 2, but that don't matter. Because the story don't count.
1: Yeah, so, I don't. I don't know if we'll have to spoil much of the other games because this is so disconnected in a frustrating way. I guess well, there's, there's one one pretty big thing when like right towards the end of the game, where it's like, oh, here here we go. This is this is stuff that I recognize.
0: Well, plus where the game set. because this game is set in between. It's after Blood Omen one, but it's a time paradox, snake because of what happens in the end of Soul Reaver two. That' why this game is happening. Well, yeah, and I, I
1: I should preface this with saying that I I am on record as hating video game prequels with a passion, mainly because when you do a prequel to an existing series, you can't you can't really take away the gameplay advancements of the previous sequels because that's not how video games work. So what you end up having is a game where it takes place before what you've seen. But the gameplay is actually more advanced than what you've seen, and, and that always bugs me. This <laughs> this is actually how I think you a prequel should be done. Like, I think it's a very interesting—like, the idea of, okay, we got to see Cain as a fledgling vampire in his first game, and then the next time we saw him, he was a vampire lord, you know— like a thousand years later the idea of filling in some of those gaps and seeing his rise to power is actually a really awesome idea um and even the way that they explain like why he doesn't have as much power as he did like that that stuff is all cool so there's and well this game is very frustrating to me because there there are awesome ideas here and there there's inklings of a deeper better game that just don't come to fruition but yeah we'll 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 definitely delve into it um and
0: before I get too far, I can't remember if I said we're playing Blood Omen 2 Legacy of Cain series. Yes. That's the way that they named this game for some reason. Yeah. And it came out in 2002, developed by Crystal Dynamics and published by Eidos. But not that Crystal Dynamics, found <laughs> <out>. com- Oh, <laughs> there is a thing I had mentioned that I found out thanks to a YouTuber. Apparently, when they made this game, they weren't originally supposed to make this game. They were making a sequel to that wonderful, classic 1992 Sega Genesis game, Chakan the Forever Man this was that (laughs) yes and it was also this and something a a failed ip that never got off the ground called siren they took those two games put them together to to make blood omen 2 to save some of the parts oh i'm even more pissed now because i was chomping at the
1: bit for that chican uh sequel on the dreamcast like i i loved the genesis game and like the stuff that they were showing in like Die Hard game fan magazine of chican 2 i was like this is going to be the greatest thing. Like I was that that was one of the things that sold me on a Dreamcast. And oh man, that okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's this game.
1: Man. Now you
0: know what happened to it? Man. And I don't even I was just surprised when I heard Jakanda Foreverman is actually going to get a sequel. I I've, I've never played it though, so I can't say a whole lot. I just know I picked it up, I've tried it throughout the years, never got past the first level and just moved on.
1: It's it's one of those games that's like needlessly difficult and it feels it feels weird in that way that, like, the two Genesis X-Men games feel weird where you don't really feel like you're actually, like, hitting anything when you hit them. Like, there's not a lot of, like, report when you do damage to enemies and, and the platforming is really weird. But it had a look and it had a style and the character was really cool. And I, even to this day, I'm like, they should bring back Chakan. Like, there there's something there that you can do something with, even if the actual, or, like, only game is just kind of middling.
0: Yeah, I thought that was funny when I when I heard that's what happened. I was like, oh, I was not expecting that.
1: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense and the other thing that I saw in, in doing a little bit of research is that the team that worked on Blood Omen 2, not only had none of them worked on any of the previous games, but they also didn't have any dialogue between the Soul Reaver 2 team and these these games were apparently being produced in tandem and so they weren't sharing any tech, they weren't sharing any story ideas and it really shows uh, it's funny, Mike, because Leading up to this, like, I, w- I was, even when on the previous, like, the Story Reaver 2 episode, I was talking about how I'm not looking forward to this. Like, I remember this being a really bad <laughs> yep. game. It wasn't as bad as I remember it being. It's one of those things where, like, it, it, you know, with some with a lot of games, you you tend to, like, not remember the bad stuff. And, and you, the games get better over time. Where this was the opposite effect. Where all that I remembered about this game was, like, how glitchy it was. And how, like, I barely beat the last boss because it almost broke on me.
0: Um, oh, so that wasn't. Okay, I thought maybe that was my um,
1: version that I was playing. No, no, okay. it, this, this game is glitchy as fuck, and I like we'll talk about because I definitely had some issues here. But so yeah, it wasn't as bad as I remembered. It, it was it was a situation where I was like, this came out after Soul Reaver two, so why does it look worse and the design is worse and also and, and so that's the thing and and when when I when they show like the opening like tr- you know cinematic like before you actually start before we even press start i was like oh no oh this is all coming back to me now oh this is going to be terrible but then when si- when kane wakes up and simon templeton-, templeton starts talking i was like oh okay maybe this will be okay because it still sounds like kane <laughs> uh, but you know the dialogue is is nowhere near the level of the previous games like it, simon templeman is doing his best but every like all the dialogue is just so stilted and weak compared to the other stuff that, that they got to do um it just feels like a shadow of the series
0: yeah, it's not as i mean he he still carries it because he's such a good voice actor but yeah the, the yeah the same thing I, I noticed that too like it doesn't have any of that epic story writing he's not very shakespearean it's just kind of I mean, Kane's just an asshole for the most part how it feels, which is Kane, I guess. But it yeah. doesn't have that same, like, vibe that the other one had that makes it so good. It doesn't... I mean, hell, Blood... I mean, I did not enjoy the first Omen 1. That is a much better game, maybe? I mean, I, I didn't hate this game. Like, I, I had fun at part. Like, most of this game is just your regular third-person action beat up style game, but... The combat like at least for me you can choose the blocking to be either you hold down the button or you tap the button to block right before they hit I held it right. down because I chose the easier option always but that's me. And it wasn't I mean a lot of it was just just block 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 oh look an opening hit oh he blocked block he blocked me okay I mean and it's just all that for you know twelve hours. Right. <laughs> and but that's the thing is that
1: I because I remembered enjoying the combat and I still enjoyed the combat here. I, I do think that it's more interesting if you're doing the the timed blocking um, and there's there's a there's a really good chunkiness to the combat where like the blocks feel really like oh I really blocked that and then you know when you're swinging your swords like it feels really good and chunky. The only problem is is that the combat in the first ten minutes of the game is the combat in the last ten minutes of the game. Like even as Kane gets more powerful, like it doesn't feel like it. You know that you don't the abilities that you get don't really affect combat all that much. Um read you. Do. Three do, and, and but kind of in similar ways. You know, it's really just like, okay, every once in a while you can do a more powerful hit, right? And it's like, okay, yeah. that's fine. But really, and I was thinking about this because, like, what, it, and I, I don't like to compare games of this age to stuff today, right? That's really not fair. Like, I really like to look at things in context. It's and Two baby. Yeah, and definitely at the time, like, yeah, that definitely. combat was like, you hadn't seen that right yet, right? And I do think the combat is far better than Soul Reaver 1 and 2 the only problem is, is that it's so shallow. And I was thinking if you did if you did this today, like what you do is you have the lock on, go on to like the R3 or L3 button. Like you just like, you know, click that in to like lock on. And then you actually move the blocking to L1 and R1. So it's a little bit more, more timing based, like you're having to block on each side, but make it also more rewarding. Like, that's the only thing is that, you know, it, it would be cool if like, if you were doing the active block, like you got, more bonuses to maybe damage and stuff like that instead of holding the block button down like, and maybe give the option from default like you can just hold it if you want to like block everything and not worry about it but if you want to like do the timing thing then you're actually going to get a reward for it if you're successful uh, and then also just add like more attacks right like a, like a light and a heavy attack yeah, and and, a little more yeah of and, one combo and then also, you know, this this completely took out, like, the RPG elements of the original Blood Omen, so you don't have items to use, you don't have different equipment that affects your stats, you don't have... Um, I mean, you do get different weapons off of enemies, but, you know, you don't have any magic spells, really. I mean, you do, but not necessarily have, combat well, ones.
0: Well, you have three magic spells. You have the one that is, like, berserk, I guess. You have berserk rage, which you do more damage if you hit the button as your meter fills, but the main... the only one that really... I use near the end of the game, you get a fire spell where I the game became the like the last three chapters. It was block, block, block. Oh, you filled up my meter. OK, burn. And then right. and just kill him in one shot. But every time you probably you can probably relate to this. Every time I burn somebody, I just I just think of fire, fire. <laughs> every time That's <laughs> the to pop my head every time I burn somebody. <laughs> uh, I love that final 56 quote from the Imperial Guard. That was probably badly translated, but I don't care. <laughs> I still love that or whenever I just thought that seems always up to me, but that's not why we're here. But it, <laughs> it, I mean, I did enjoy the comment. Like if this, if you cut like maybe four chapters out of this game and just cut out some of the fact, cause I mean, 2002, I feel like, cause we, I played a lot of 2002 games recently because of this show, like ratchet and clank and eternal darkness and God, something else. Too, like, and bounty hunter where the game just feel like they, they had to put at that time, put in extra things. Cause if this game didn't have a certain, you know, clock time, people wouldn't want to play it. It'd be, it wouldn't be worth the money. And that's how this game feels. Because I didn't hate the combat. I enjoyed it. But after a while, I was just getting tired of the combat. I was just getting tired yes. of the game. And I was getting tired of hitting levers every every day. That, yes. Let's
1: talk about the level design. Because I think that is the game's, like, weakest thing by far. I don't know. I lost track of how many times during this playthrough that I said... Why does this exist? Why would anyone build this? Um why why would you do it this way? Like because a lot of this game is set in and you know it's it's an interesting version of Nazgoth. It's like this, you know, industrial revolution era like technology. And it's like, okay, and then also there's this like rudimentary form of electricity, but it's they call it glyph magic. And it's like, all right, that that's kind of an interesting concept for for Nazgoth, but so much of it involves like like there's so many times in this game, Mike, where like a gate closes in front of you, but the lever is right next to you. And so it's <laughs> literally just there to impede your progress for a few seconds. And it's like, why did you do that? Oh, right. Because you needed me to like take a little bit more time here or, uh-huh. you know, and, and all of the puzzles <laughs> are literally just how do I get through this room? Right. And, and it, it started to feel like portal, but in a bad way where it was like, oh, I walked into another room. And now I've got to do a bunch of bullshit just to get into the next room. And um, we'll get to it later. But I, I the, the game broke me at some point. And so I ended up watching a, like a let's play of the last bit of the game. And I remembered like seeing a part, a cut scene where they said, oh, well, you got to get to this building. And then I fast forwarded through like almost half an hour of gameplay. And when I stopped for the next cut scene, I was like, he's just fucking getting to that building now. <laughs> that half hour was just him trying to get to that one fucking building. Um, and that's this game. It's just it, it. It's funny because it's not a it's not a long game. It's only about you know nine hours long, but it feels too long. And it's and I I know you guys haven't covered this yet, but I just recently played through the first three Uncharted games because I'd never played them before. Okay, Uncharted those, One has that too. They all do. They're, those games are like six hours long, but they feel way longer because they feel so padded even though they're only six hours long um and and that's that's an amazing feat to be a short game and still feel too long and that's (laughs) what blood omen 2 is
0: i mean it had its moments like i i like the fact that every enemy you kill you can then drain their blood to Mm -hmm. heal you which is cool and i i wasn't crazy about the aspect of as you play this game you always have a unseen timer where after x amount of time passes kane loses some health, no matter what i mean i I mean that's the whole series though like
1: like Raziel loses soul power and oh, Kane yeah. loses blood in the first game. So okay. that's actually one of the few things that's consistent with the series.
0: <laughs> I forgot that Raziel had that problem too. I guess because in, in Soul Reaver, I'm constantly just sucking up souls that don't even pay attention to it. Right. Plus, right. I didn't play Soul Reaver 2 very well because the game glitched the hell out of me. It wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> This game, this game, I, I thought it was just because I was playing this on the emulator. I bought this on Steam, but I, I like save states. I never would have gotten through this game without save states. So I was playing on the emulator, and every so often it would slow down, where everything was laggy, and I thought it was just my emulator. But I'm now you got me questioning whether it was this game or not. Okay, so here's the thing: I am not one of those frame rate people. I we're talking all- like real laggy. We're talking like, ee, like you just see yeah. like you're ding ding. Like it was, you could tell it was way slow. Yeah, like like you know, I'm not I I don't
1: I don't care about sixty frames per second. Like I I can't tell when a game dips below thirty most of the time. Like it's not a thing. Here I could definitely tell. It's like oh, this is a really bad frame rate. Like it, it it's consistently terrible. Um, so no, that that was not the emulated version. That oh. that is just the game, and the game is just full of glitches. And I the I didn't realize it in 2002. So in 2002. Like, I was disappointed in it, but I did finish it, and I was like, well, it's still a Legacy of Kane game, and I did like the combat, so whatever. But looking at it in hindsight now, and especially comparing it to Soul Reaver 2, which came out, like, so quickly together, um, this game does not feel finished. And the deeper you get into the game, the less finished and polished it feels, and... It, it almost starts to feel like it's destabilizing around you and almost can't hold itself together long enough to end.
0: <laughs> well, one one thing I, that I do think was interesting that I think we, we mentioned a little bit how it was a prequel, Like I like the fact that like when the game starts off, you have Cain with his army. Yes. And then he fails, he has a Soul Raver, he fails against fighting the Seraphan Lord, in quotations, because it turns out he's an alien, which was like, what? Sort of
1: like, I mean, I I
0: think, I think really what
1: they were getting at was like, they weren't from another planet as much as they were from like another reality. I I think they're interdimensional beings.
0: Okay. But they never, they're never in this. They're not in the soul reaver series and they're not in defiance. Like they only exist in this one game and then they go away. Well, I don't think the Hylians are in anything else.
1: I mean, you could make the argument that they were the other race that was fighting against the the uh, like the the first version of the vampires. That, that oh yeah,
0: they they were referenced.
1: supposed to be yeah okay, because never mind, then. you know the the, the ones that because they there's you do get the line later where the the Hildens, which we'll we'll find out they're called, they were the ones responsible for adding the curse to the vampires of, of not being able to go into the sunlight and their weaknesses and stuff like that. So that is the one big thing that ties them into each other. I actually think that stuff is pretty cool. It, you know, and and like I said, there's a lot of stuff in here. That's really cool. It's just missing a lot of the soul of the series. No No pun intended.
0: (laughs) That makes sense though. You, you made me a little more interested now that, Okay, they are introduced in Blood Home Legacy of Cain as the unspoken and the dark entity.
1: Right, and then, in, and then in Soul Reaver, when when Raziel is seeing these, these like, images of this angelic race being cast down by another race that he doesn't recognize, and then he finds out that the angelic-looking race is actually what vampires were, that's, that's the Hildens. So that stuff oh, okay. is actually pretty neat. And it, it's really quick, but right before you get to the final boss... You get to see like some etchings on these um, like floating slabs and you get to see what the Hildens used to look like. Sort of like how Janos Audrin is an image of what vampires used to look like. So you can see that these are both like races that have fallen and mutated over time and they used to be much more divine creatures. OK, so that stuff is actually really neat. It It's just it doesn't do a great job of telling it. And Mike fucking hate the character designs in this game. Oh, they're bad. Kane looks awful um and then like all of the vampires look really bad and when you beat the game like they show like a lot of the car- the concept art during the credits and it looks like the worst deviant art shit like it 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 looks amateurish to me in a way that other games of the time do not and it it Man, like all all of the like vampire generals that you fight as bosses are just oh. like the most phoned in shit. Um, even they even messed up Vorador. Like he looks yeah, his, weird. He looks like some sort of weird reptile now and with didn't these like Vorador, bug eyes.
0: Vorador died in Bloodleman One, right? No, he well He died at some point because I know in the in the things I was watching, they mentioned how he had died, but they brought him back they resurrect him like they resurrect Kane in this game. But maybe it, I'm there it's it's timey-wimey stuff like
1: i remember oh. seeing vorador's severed head but i don't remember if that was in soul reaver 2 or if that was in blood omen
0: 1 i for, i forgot the end of blood omen where you start you start jumping through time because of mobius and yeah i played soul reaver 1 and 2 but i can't i don't remember a whole lot and none of
1: you know none of that stuff is here like i was thinking oh this is because now now that soul reaver 2 is fresh in my mind well i mean i guess it would have been back then too because i played these when they came out it's so i don't know why i didn't think this at the time but i but I was realizing, oh, wait, this time period, isn't this around the time when Raziel, like, travels to go talk to Janos Audrin? And if so, like, it'd be really cool if you either ran into Mobius or Raziel, even if you don't encounter, like, talk to him, but just, like, see him. Like, wouldn't that be cool? But no, because these games weren't related in really any way other than,
0: oh, oh you, do see, you do see Janos Audrin and he is still voiced by Rene Aubry-Chanois, but that's really it. <laughs> to answer your question, Vorador's head was in Blood Omen 1 in near the last part when you're going through the timey-wimey stuff. Okay, and, and I think, think that's, a, that's, to that's to like a door thing. Like you stopped that from happening. Okay, you talked to him in Soul Reaver 2 before the Blood Omen era. Awesome. Right, okay, yeah. yeah this this it, it, The only thing that really creates the prime paradox is the fact that with the Soul, the Soul Reaver that Kane has in the beginning of this game before he loses it in the first cutscene doesn't have Raziel inside of it because in Soul Reaver 2 he realized that it was all a trap or something. Right. It's the, it's the whole, like, that's that's the time paradox but at the same time the more i was playing through the game i was realizing like this could have easily like you were saying before this could have easily have fit in between the two games and still i feel like it'd still be canon that kane was you know trying to amass an army and that people turned on him and he fought and you know and things like that
1: yeah i mean i, w- I would play a blood omen 3 which is just a continuation of this where it's just more talking about you know now that kane has kind of come back into power now he needs to like take over Nazgath like I would love to play that story I think that would be really neat um, hold on
0: just don't pull a Metroid and take away all his abilities when the game starts off and I'd be okay uh
1: yeah like you start him from a place of power um and then you get to grow him from there uh like may you wouldn't necessarily have like maybe the same spells because I mean those spells were kind of lame hey, but, like,
0: besides, besides the fire yes
1: yeah like by default let him have like the mind control and the mist form because those are those are kind of Kane staples anyway um and, and, you know, that's the thing also is, like, the stealth gameplay, I mean, you got to remember this is 2002, so, like, we've only really had, like, Metal Gear Solid 1, Tenchu, I think Thief hadn't even come out yet on the PC, so stealth stealth gameplay was still pretty rudimentary, so the stealth in here is not good. And I also don't like the fact that you can only do it when there's mist around, and usually when there's mist around, you can really only stealth kill one dude,
0: but I still never got
1: tired of the stealth kills, so it's it's just like, imagine if the game was built around stealth, and you're having to actually, because you really don't get penalized for coming out as as being a vampire, right? Like, people run away, and then the Seraphan come, if they're any or if any are nearby and that's about it. And then you just kill them really easily. But what if the game was built more around, no, like I'm weak and I need to like skulk in the shadows and pick off my enemies strategically. And if somebody sees me doing vampire shit, I better kill them because they're going to alert <laughs> like other people to my vampire shit. I would love to play that game.
0: It, it had moments like, like you're talking about the stealth. I enjoy, I didn't use the stealth enough because I just wasn't looking down at the ground. I guess I would see the mist, but it wouldn't really click. I would just run over and start fighting the guy anyway.
1: Yeah, I would. I would oftentimes notice it after the fact. It was like, oh, that that could have saved me a little they, bit of time.
0: They set it up like it, it's only in particular spots though, where they have the miss, and sometimes it'll be a spot where you might have two or three guys where they want you to use the miss, and I would just run in and just start fighting because everyone fights one at a time anyway, so it doesn't really matter
1: for the <laughs> most part. There, there are some enemies who will use like their like unblockables from behind and then when you get to those like the demon bugs i I guess they must be animals from the hilden realm but when you get to them about halfway through the game uh, they will definitely like do their acid attack
0: from behind on you and that's not cool that's not fun (laughs) oh the the, i skipped i fought most enemies in this game but but when it came to those bugs i would skip them at one point because i just stopped one thing that made me like i normally don't kill everything in a game i'll skip a lot of stuff but in this game for about 80 percent of the game i was killing every peasant every guy i saw because as you suck people's blood which is cool at first but when you see that animation over a thousand over a hundred hundreds of times and it starts taking longer as you get farther in the game you get tired of it seeing him drain the blood from a guy five feet away then he has to wipe his mouth with his arm I, but I- it I didn't get tired of it. I, I really like it. I, I do. I I don't like the fact that the stronger enemies
1: have way more blood and it takes a lot longer. I wish it was just like the the same length of time, but you just got more blood. Yeah, that's the... how it should have been.
0: Yeah. It, it it I liked it, but it goes too long for me, especially yeah. when I was in a rush. But the fact that by by sucking people's blood, you're able to increase your overall health as the game progresses, that was super cool to me. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason I did it because I got some. I got something out of it.
1: I, I would typically, like, leave the villagers alone unless they saw me doing vampire shit and then they had to die. And then also if it was somebody who, like, you know, wouldn't let me through because I needed a password, <laughs> Once I- the password would be like, okay, fuck you. And then I would kill them and drink their blood and then move on. <laughs>
0: that, that did always feel good when somebody wouldn't let you read, like, they wouldn't let you see something like, well, you're dead now. Like, it, it's over. You yeah. wouldn't open this door for me? I'm killing you the moment I get through this door. Also, just as a, as a fanboy
1: of the series, I love the fact that the few times that you do see people chained to the walls, they, they have the same sound clips from the first game. So it's like, oh, please help me, kind sir. It's like, oh, that's yep. cool.
0: Glad that's here. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard that, I just started laughing. I'm like, really? Like, they, they brought this. I mean, I'm cool. They brought it back. The one thing they brought back. But I was just like, OK, not what I expected. But it, it was cool. <laughs> and it was cool to see. It's not awesome. It's only like less than maybe five times you see people chained to a wall. Yeah. It wasn't often, but it was enough. Like, it was still a cool touch to have it in this game. Yeah. I, the, the bosses, like, I didn't... I, when I... Had, before we played this game for the show and I looked up things about this game, I thought the bosses would be more different. I didn't realize they were all just going to be vampires in the same, like, shape and form as you kind of thing where they're just, you know, they're the same size and they just have different random parts of the fight, but they all have a gimmick to the fight. Like, the first guy you fight is all about... You have to hide in the mist and then hit a switch so he burns the furnace he's standing on. Yeah. Which... Stupid, but it—it was—they were. Oh, like I didn't hate any of the fight. I wasn't. I didn't enjoy any of them, but I didn't hate them. I enjoy some some puzzle
1: bosses, right? Like it's just that these particular puzzle bosses they're very janky like as the whole game is like like when you're trying to get them to do the thing a lot of times it's really hard to get them to do the thing just because of the way the game moves and it makes sense in the overall canon of legacy of kane why the vampires you fight would be like the same size and shape as kane because they have not had all of that time to mutate the way that they have by the time you get to the soul reaver era um but, yeah, but it would yeah. It would have been cool if like not all the bosses were vampires, right? Like um I mean I guess you you fight the Seraphim Lord at the end, but other than that it's like why wasn't there a tougher Seraphim captain there should or have been
0: like the whole idea and every boss you fight was supposed to be someone that betrayed him back in the yeah. day 300 the be 300 I think it's 300 years ago before he was killed and then they resurrected him. 200. 200. Okay. And, I mean that was kind of cool and then how you get all and that's how you get your abilities too, but the abilities really just felt like puzzle solvers like the charm ability i used all the time just to charm a guy to hit a switch or charm right. a guy to pull a lever or charm a guy to turn a wheel like that's all it was for it was never for any actual reason other than you have to go turn something in a room i can't get into
1: yeah and you know and that's how they used it in Blood Omen one but you know how cool would it would have been if like you could upgrade these abilities and eventually you could charm a guard and have him like start to fight on your side you know or stuff like that it didn't work no, no. But, but imagine if you could, like, there's a lot of things here where it's like, okay, you've got the basics now expand
0: upon them. Oh, you didn't expand upon them.
1: Okay. This is just, it's just this, it's just basic.
0: And the puzzles never, like they do have, they do have a couple box pushing puzzles, which again, reminded me of Soul Reaver, but they're even done worse because you can only push it to one direction that you're facing. You can't move it around. You have to change. You have to move around to push a different direction, which I thought was unnecessary. I was so mad, Mike, because I was like,
1: <laughs> "They fixed this in Soul Reaver One. That was on the PlayStation One. You didn't look at the PlayStation One <laughs> game before you made your game."
0: Yeah, it it just doesn't make sense. And I mean, I I know I've been mean, we both been kind of shitting on the game. I did have fun for a while, but one thing that as I've been watching videos as we've been talking, uh, where I said before how Chichan the Forever Man played a part of you know of making this game that internal prison level, like especially the part where you're climbing up like the derelict building that's falling apart in the in the in this blue inner dimension you go through a portal it looks like that was ripped out right of forever man right and and consequently is actually the most interesting level i think
1: in the whole game both from design and just conceptually like the idea of oh this is a prison where we put the really bad people and it's so that they could be tormented forever like we actually built hell like that's a really interesting concept to me. Um, it's,
0: a, it's a cool level where you see like people just being tortured and then, and having like, you know, they're like, oh, the the cell will drop out and somebody will come and just kill them. Like it was just, and then they, you know, cause they're damned for all eternity It was a cool level. Even the fight, even the, the enemies you fight, like these guardians were fun to fight cause they can't block as much.
1: Right. right. The, 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 the bummer is that you can't grab their scythe uh, and use them as weapons. I was like, that that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, cause you
0: get to grab every guy's weapon in this game besides the scythe, for some reason, I mean, weapons do break in this game, which we haven't mentioned yet, but it isn't terrible. Like, I I tried Breath of the Wild, and I couldn't get into it because my weapons kept breaking. But in this game, you you're still can fight without your weapons. You're not immobile. You still have your claws. It takes more hits, yes, but you're not. You can still do something. And here, yeah, like, Breath of the Wild
1: actually should have looked at this game if they wanted to do weapon degradation right because... It, the weapons last a good long time and it actually makes sense that they would degrade since you're actively using them to block with that active block system so it makes sense and the cool thing is that well until you get towards the end of the game when you're fighting a lot of unarmed enemies most of the time like the second that your weapon breaks you can grab another one right away and a lot of times I was like oh my weapon is fine but this is a better weapon so I'm just gonna grab this anyway. Um, yeah,
0: and just I, I i thought the weapons are cool like i even enjoy how this game kind of progresses like you start off where you're escaping a city and then like midway through the game you get to a part where you change your outfit and now you're out in the hills in the valley somewhere fighting bandits like i the enemies never really change a whole lot their style still the same but they look a little different they fight a little different i mm-hmm. liked it like i enjoyed some of like the different stuff you fight and i didn't mind the way everything looks kind of what is it like Trying to get goth like like goth steampunk in a way maybe I think it's I mean, yeah, it's it's like
1: industrial revolution yeah. industrial revolution era goth and you know like I said that that's an interesting take on Nosgoth it it's kind of it kind of reminds me of Fable three where you got to see like a much more modern version of Albion. And that, that's a really cool take on on places that you've... Well, you haven't been to Meridian before, but even so, like, you've been to a large chunk of Nazgoth at this point in the previous three games, so it's interesting to see, oh, now they have like a form of technology that we recognize, right? Like, it's not just, you know,
0: peasants living in, like, regular <laughs> village-type Yeah, places. it was cool. I, I like... And the whole idea that why everything's all Industrial Revolution is because of the... Haydn, I think they're called, right? Yeah, Island. and, and they're their glyph magic, which it's electricity guys like that's, that's <laughs> totally what it is <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think about that until you until you mentioned it during this recording but you are right it's just electricity but i thought that was cool i mean most of this game takes place in the one city too which i thought was kind of interesting to me it didn't it didn't bother me like yes it's not an open world game like so Reaver one and two are sort of but i was okay with what it was like i still had fun i mean yes you finish a mission you can't go back to that area you're done but I didn't care. Like, that was fine with me. I didn't have a problem with that concept. Oh, I I, I actually I actively miss the concept
1: of level based game design. I, I think that that was fine. I the only thing that I'm really missing from like the Blood Omen one formula is the the lack of like the RPG elements with the, you know, equippable gear and uh, usable items and spells and stuff like that. Um, that would have been nice. Yeah, like that would just, that would have like been probably enough for me to overlook some of the other gameplay issues.
0: I mean, at least I'm glad to know that the glitching wasn't my emulator because I really thought cause I played the GameCube version of this game for no other reason than my computer doesn't get as hot when I play GameCube than if I play PS2 hmm. or PC. And I'm, so that's the only time I play the GameCube version. And I was worried that it was my emulator chugging along, having a hard time rend- rendering the game. But I'm glad to know now you tell me like, no, it's just a game that and feel I, better.
1: I don't like I was. So I was playing an original PlayStation 2 disc on a PlayStation 2 Slim. And granted, I like I don't know. This was like a used PlayStation 2 that I bought. It's not it's not like my original one or anything. So I don't know how it was taken care of. And so I don't know if this is a problem with my PlayStation 2, but I noticed it was like constantly loading very quickly and i don't know if that's an issue of the game or if that's an issue with my playstation because also having some definite like dual shock issues that is definitely my controller <laughs> but I, I will say and i and so again i don't know if this was my system or if this was the game i i i'm inclined to think that it was my system but there was so much audio missing
0: right like that's the I'll, game
1: okay because like when
0: I have com- I got tons of comments, way more than I ever expected for this game, and a lot of people did mention
1: audio issues. Okay, yeah, that because uh, there were parts where especially when you would beat a boss and you would like absorb his his ability and I was like there's supposed to be something here, right? Like this isn't <laughs> supposed to be silent, right? Why would you make it silent? And, and there's all yeah, it's just there like a, like I definitely dropped audio a lot and then um also like the boss enemies would like repeat their dialogue constantly, and I, I don't think that's a glitch. I think that's just because they didn't take the time to record more lines of dialogue for these
0: very short encounters. Well, this game was rushed, too. I mean, like, one reason, it like, you had mentioned earlier how, like, why do they release this so quickly? Because at least the way that the YouTuber was putting it, they were trying to do yearly titles, and they just had, Soul Re- they had were 2 not so long ago, it was, or I think they had Sawyer 1, they were releasing were 2, and it was, due, you know, they were excited for it. They're so like, we're gonna put another game out the next year, so we keep we keep this going. Which didn't last ever. I'm pretty sure to Defiance is not 2003. It might, uh, yeah. It's either uh, it might be, but it, but I, 2004 sounds
1: more correct to me. But even so, like Blood Omen two came out six months after Soul Reaver two. Like at least give it the full twelve. Like yeah, I, think, I think I think with at least even six months more of development time, this could have been a much better game. But it needed, you know, I'm not a game designer, but you know, I've definitely followed the industry for a long time. And yep, this, 2003. Okay, yeah. So I don't want to jump ahead, but like. Legacy of Cain Defiance is a night and day difference from Soul Reaver 2 and Blood Omen 2. <laughs> yeah, and
0: that was another thing I noticed like with this game, that the puzzles were... Like, Soul Reaver 2, from what I saw when I watched my YouTube videos, I couldn't get it to run. The puzzles looked very complex and interesting, and yes. it was not as much combat. Where this game is all about combat, and it had puzzles that were just there to impede your progress.
1: Yeah, the puzzles feel like... like it, you know, in the design document, they were like oh, this game is going to be, like, four hours long. What do we do? And they're like, we need to put in some puzzles. Okay, well, what do we do? And and it was like, well, what if you have to, like, get around the room somehow? Like, with switches and levers? Yeah, exactly. Let's put in a lot of switches and levers. And I will tell you that I stopped halfway through this game um, For a couple reasons. One is that once the, the bug enemies came out, I actually had to switch to the easier block method because they were, like, I think I died on them like four or five times in a row. They're not was as easy like, to tell. They're not. And um, they also, they don't open up as much. Like, usually after you block an enemy's, like, round of attacks, you can usually attack back. But that doesn't happen as often with the bugs. And then also... I'll tell you the exact puzzle that did it to me, Mike. You had to reroute power from one building to another, um, and the the power runs very slowly through these pipes, and you have to use these spigots to route it. So I did it once and (laughs) then realized that I had done it the wrong way. I was like, okay, let me do it again. I understand what I have to do now. Um, So I went ahead and I did it, and then I I hit the little valve to kick it over and i immediately jumped over to the next building to wait for the energy and i sit there and i sit there and i sit there and it doesn't happen. I'm like, what happened? And then I realized that the valve actually will automatically rotate back. It's a timing thing. Yep. Again, again, why, why would you build it this way? Like that serves no functional purpose in real life whatsoever. And I was like, <laughs> okay, let me do this again. So I did it again. And so I get it routed from the first building and it's coming towards the second building. And there's another valve that you have to turn. And I, so I, I, I'm waiting for the energy to come. I turn the valve. And I was too late, and the energy stopped right there. And I was like, fuck this game. I'm done. Like, I, because I, I, I was like halfway through it, and this was on the day before we recorded. I, I still had like four or five more hours to play. And I was like, nope. Mm-mm. Like, that's it. <laughs> I beat it before in 2002. I'll just like refresh my memory with a let's play because fuck this.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Like, it doesn't, it, it gets worse than that. I want to say there's another one like that later on that go you have to hit like five different switches to make it work yeah so it wasn't the only thing and literally only
1: because they need you to take the time right like there's there's the and that's the thing with a lot of the levels that i I meant to get to earlier everything feels weirdly sized like you feel like kind of tiny in this world because all of the rooms are massive and empty and i was just walking through and it's like why does this building look like this like no one no one would actually live here like like the, and i know that you know (laughs) that, that may be ascribing like some 2020 design mentality to these levels, but it just looks weird. And it's this weird, like quasi, like, you know, not that it has to be like a real life looking thing right like we've 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 all played like 16-bit and 8-bit games that take place ostensibly in the real world but there's like floating platforms and nothing makes sense it's all abstract but as you get further into like the 3d era you you want things to have some sort of logical sense and look right and nothing in blow them into looks right like it it it, it doesn't make any sense and especially when you throw the puzzles in there I, like I said, every time I was like, why does this why Why did I have to do that? <laughs> they're like, really stupid
0: puzzles. <laughs> I mean, they're only there to just kill time and that and that's what yeah. sucks and you can feel it. It doesn't ever feel like you're doing anything fun or you're just trying to make the game longer so that way it doesn't get a bad review. Yeah, I will say because um, this factors into a
1: lot of the traversal. I really love the jump spell. Um, I thought that was really cool. I actually used it a lot for to open up combat that and i just love the animation of it and everything like like if they ever did like another legacy of game, because i don't believe he has that ability in defiance but i just thought that was a really cool touch and you could do more with that and i i I never got bored of having to jump the only problem was is that like it's very finicky on when you're actually able to jump to the platform that's clearly where you need to go you kind of kind of Fiddle with it a little bit to get it there, but I, I still really enjoyed it.
0: I, I didn't like the jump because it takes too long to line up, which is on purpose. I felt like at their time, we have to make a jump, and they put an enemy right there. You have to kill because you can't make this jump otherwise. Mm-hmm. But it's still cool. I like get if it was faster, I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, I, I if do want to like as this game progresses. Like it does have like a, a story that goes through where you're trying to stop some device. I mean, your whole point is you're trying to stop the seraphan. Like that's the whole point of the entire game. Is to get revenge for what they did to you 300, uh, 200 years ago? Right. And uh, and for those that don't know, the Seraphan is what Raziel was. Spoiler alert: before Soul Reaver One happened.
1: Right. And they're also an ancient order of knights dedicated to eradicating vampires. Like they're they're even around before Blood Omen start. Oh. Like one starts. Like that. That's where you get Malik. You know, one of the first oh. bosses from Blood Omen One, and you know, they they're also part of the guardians of the pillars of Nazgoth, which at this point are destroyed, but that, you know, so they factor in heavily to the entire series. Okay, uh, I, but it's I, interesting. I like fighting them. Yeah, yeah, well, and yeah. I I did like the, and, you know, this is one area where there is a bit of consistency where at least the lower level Seraphan guards do have the same design as they did in Soul Reaver 2, so there's at least a little bit of consistency there, and it's also interesting here where, and you find out it's because the, the ruler of the like the Seraphim Lord is not actually human, but the Seraphan are oppressing humans and vampires alike. So you have a lot of humans that are helping the vampire resistance because they're like, well, having vampires around would be better than this. Like vampires were around forever also. And, you know, it's just been recently that the Seraphim have been dicks about the way that, you know, <laughs> society is <laughs>
0: pretty much. And did you did you get to see the scene where he gets his telekinesis power where he meets another vampire that looks completely different? Yes. That is, that is a weird scene too, like where he's sucking her blood and they just, they don't know what sound to put in. So they just put in moaning instead. <laughs> well, and also like it was interesting
1: because like, there's not really like an animation to it. And then it, it yeah. happens again when you uh, find the architect of the, the, uh, the device in, in the internal prison. And he says, you need to take my blood because it'll destroy the mass. And we'll, we'll talk about the mass in a second. But so Kane says, okay, like, you know, I'll release you from your prison and also help me. And then The next thing you see is just like Kane crouched over him. Like there's no sound effect. There's no. Animation of him doing it, and it's like you could have at least just had him like you know strike him down and then do the regular blood animation. Like it's just really weird. Like there's a lot of stuff like that in cutscenes
0: where it feels like they ran out of time and they're just like, Well, we'll just fudge it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of that. And I don't know if you saw the scene, but like as the game progresses, you're trying to get to where the Hylian city is and get into their headquarters, and there's a part where to get the big master plan, if you get loaded onto a boat and then it then the level ends, the next level starts back up the boat is coming crashing into the city and everybody's dead on the boat and, and one guy I was watching called he said a dresser park moment and i was like you know you're right it's kind of like that's what it reminded me of too like everyone in the boat's dead the cage is open and then kane just pops out and starts causing havoc yeah yeah, yeah.
1: That, that's cool but like the ending of the level when you get on the boat it's also similarly janky where it it, it just stops like you 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 get into this Crate that you're loading on. You have a crane loading it onto the onto the ship to get you to the the Hilden city. But then it, it just stops. Right, like it uh, they couldn't even do the animation to have like it lower onto this ship. It's like
0: yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Price. I was like, really? Like you guys are that cheap? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was cheap so much as just like time. Yeah. They, they they did not have time, which is uh, too bad. Like just like you said before, this game really could have used a few more months Yeah. And there's a couple of things I I do like it as like as the game progresses and you're trying to destroy this device or whatever you that you did meet. I know we kind of mentioned him earlier, the first vampire who's in the Soul Reaver 2 game. I thought that was cool when you find him. Right, I uh, can't remember his name. Giannis? Janos Giannis?
1: Audren, Which He's referenced in the first Blood Omen, and then you actually meet him in Soul River Two, which is cool. But the cool thing in here is that when you you don't know it's him when you first see him because he's this monstrous beast, this chained to this machine that the Seraphan are planning to use to eradicate vampires and humans. To ba- because basically what the Seraphan Lord wants to do is just like eliminate the life on wherever nos whatever planet Nazgoth is like i don't think i think Nazgoth is the name of the land i don't think it's necessarily the name of the planet yeah i
0: think you're um,
1: right. but in, in order to bring his people back from this banished realm and then have them just take over the, the planet and so they've had this beast chained up to this device it's like you basically they're using him to power it um and then once you and, and so it's this weird like multi-tiered process where he's he's fueling it and then it's this big device and but the thing that is part of the device is called the mass and they want to use the mass in order to you know basically they want to make a network to like use the mass's energy to flow out and then kill everything which mike would that be the mass effect
0: <laughs> i mean it was trying to kill everybody in that game too though the reapers were yeah yeah oh, right.
1: uh I'll take but it. uh but no, so so w- once you destroy the math, you go back to this chained up beast and then you find out, oh, it was Janos Audrin. It's just because of his life force being drained over so many so many years, he was like de-evolving and so then he comes back to his celestial looking form and kind of clues you in on what's going on and tells you like who the Hilden actually are. And it, that that stuff is really cool. It, um, it
0: definitely is one of the cooler moments of the game. Yeah. And I, i forgotten. Like I, I it was really cool to see him. I mean, I just remember him in Soul Rear two, and I remember in Blood Omen one, Heart of Darkness. I heard that all the time. (laughs) That fucking ability, I use that, I use that item so much in that game. Oh, you have to, yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was cool to kind of bring ties in that they try to tie the series in, even though this game feels like such a black sheep of the family. Definitely, yeah. And at what after what you said about it actually
1: not originating as a Kane game—that makes so much sense now. But even so, like if they had spent, you know, even just more like even some time, like like it would have been cool to see Amy Henning even as just like a producer on the game just to know that she was involved in some way to kind of keep everything cohesive and yeah, keep the that's story not there
0: and it, it, it suffers for it. I think it's just 2002 gaming where they didn't really care as much because they would have made more money off this game if they just would have helped it connect. But at the same time, I think maybe they knew the series was coming to an end for them. They were getting tired of doing it. Well, no, no. I mean, I don't, I don't
1: think that's the case because I think they were realizing, Oh, this, this franchise is actually getting, popular so let's make more games and why kill it the following year they did, i don't think they killed it i i think I, I think what happened was defiance didn't sell well and then you have amy henning leave oh um, so Goshua. then you have like one of one of the chief people like involved in the series like gone and then like I, i'm trying to remember what happened to crystal dynamics immediately after defiance because eventually oh. they get bought by Square, but that's years later, so I don't remember what they worked on, like, right after they might have, they might have, oh, no, I know what it was, they started working on Tomb Raider, so you know, one, once we got, because yeah, at the end of the PlayStation 2 era, that's when they do Tomb Raider um, anniversary
0: Tomb Raider Legend and then tomb, yeah, Raider tomb, Raider anniversary. Legend, tomb Raider
1: Anniversary and then Underworld, so okay. they were the stewards of the Tomb, well, I mean they. I guess they're still stewards of the Tomb Raider franchise but um, that's kind of where they ended up putting in their effort, and I don't you know I don't know if that was like Idos saying, we're going to focus on Tomb Raider again, or if it was, you know, I, I honestly think it was that the Defiance didn't sell nearly as well as they were expecting it to, and they also, I'm sure, y- when you look at that game, when you play it,
0: Mike, you'll be like, oh, this is a much more expensive production. <laughs> I'm very excited to play it. That's one reason why this this game was kind of quickly compared to how long, it wasn't that long we played Soul Reaver 2, but because I want to get to Defiance. Yes. So it, it's one of that, that's all it was. I I just and we and I wasn't comfortable us doing defiance if we didn't play this game to get there. Oh yeah, you know
1: as much as I was dreading like revisiting this one, I'm glad that I did because it's nice to know you know to remember. And then you know like it's so weird because I have this weird brain thing where I remember video game stuff very well to the detriment of everything else in my life. (laughs) I couldn't remember anything about Blood Omen Two besides um like. Couple of the characters, and I remember liking the combat. And I remembered that the last boss like fight glitched on me in a way that I thought I was going to have to not finish it. I ended up being able to finish it after I, I like a few attempts. But that's all I remembered. Like even even uh, like going through these levels, I was like, I have no memory of this place.
0: <laughs> 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 it's just I can see that it's kind of it's kind of forgettable. I mean, I did like the last like the the Highland City where everything is kind of like. Sci- science fiction futuristic in a sense like i did mm-hmm. enjoy that like after you've been playing all industrial type you know type world and now you're in complete just science fiction like spaceship that was yeah. kind of cool yeah i didn't like the enemy because they take a lot of hits and they look like but it was just still it was fun I, yeah. I was having fun near the end of this game, even though I just couldn't wait for the game. Then, yeah, you know, <laughs> and
1: uh, as we've said, you know, there there's a lot of good ideas here that just needed to be fleshed out more. And I and I do I do think that like the level design needs like a complete rework from the
0: ground up. But um oh. and to t- you, this might amuse you. You can fit the entire story of this game in an hour and thirty seven minutes. By the way, yeah, I saw that. Um. <laughs> I'm watching it as we're talking, and I'm I'm just going through it. And it's like so everything else I did was just filler. <laughs> yeah and you know i mean i mean gameplay yes
1: but yeah i mean that, that's that's video games right like you can you can kind of boil a lot of games down to if you just take the story bits like it's going to be well i mean
0: obviously games are much longer now so they're going to be much longer but especially in it's the, kind of funny to me that it just i mean i know i i know i'm kind of being you know mean to the game but it's just kind of like now that i'm thinking about it just like you know you it, it, it's so because i'm used to rpgs where every little thing can have story beats but in this game is a lot of just get here to keep playing right yeah. And, and there, there is some really
1: good incidental dialogue if, if you stop and listen to the NPCs that are milling about. That stuff is pretty entertaining. They give you a little bit more context for the world and, and stuff like that. But it, it also has nothing that helps you in terms of gameplay. It's really just flavor
0: text. I listened a few times. I I wouldn't listen long because it wouldn't. It, after a couple of seconds, I'm like, okay, time to kill you. I need your I need your blood. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that that was an issue for me. I just kept killing everybody very quickly. Yeah. But I do want to talk about the final fight though a little bit when you finally get to the Seraphan Lord. Mm-hmm. And I should mention that this this game every boss fight has three phases for some reason. They all do. They all have different things that they happen in each phase. And this fight. I didn't enjoy it at first because I kept screwing up where you have to first you have to use your telekinesis ability, which is really the whole so far since you had it all use it for is puzzle solving where you turn a switch. Right. And now you have to hit him with it, which you had no idea you were supposed to do that. Then you have to jump on him in order to get past the first phase. And that I had a really hard time with this first phase. Yeah, I did not like it. it it's a
1: really cool like use of the abilities. And it like it would have been cooler if they had already trained you that, oh, you can use your your telekinesis on enemies, right? I never like,
0: used to be. I didn't know you yeah. could until this fight.
1: Yeah. Also, um, I mean, I think you're going to get to it, but
0: I totally forgot that you can grab enemies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I barely ever use it. I forgot it was in this game. It is one of the other combat things, but I didn't like it because yeah. it's slow. Well, you know, to grab, so it's going to be slow, but I hated it. And I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but because I, I just play
1: this on a Let's Play, but isn't that how you have to beat him in the last phase, is grab him and stab him in the stomach?
0: No, you're supposed to... I don't know. I never got to the last phase. Oh, okay. You, um, so, on you, too. <laughs> yeah, okay. I thought it was just me, but it's like... So, I got excited. I finished the second phase. There's a cutscene that starts, and all of a sudden, the game goes... I'm like, oh, no. So, okay. So, I close my emulator. I try again. I try again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to look online. I Google Oh, do this. I do this. Is still nothing just would not progress. And I'm like, well, fuck this game. Yeah. But you get the Soul Reaver in the final fight. I thought that was kind of like they couldn't give it to you at any point earlier. Like you don't get it to the very final moments of the game. I mean, I think that's fine because this game isn't about the Soul Reaver, but it's
1: still such a legendary weapon in the series. You've seen Blood one near like
0: the second half of the game or near the end, right? And it's, it's like very close to the end. It's been a long and- time.
1: And that's and that's the thing though is that when you get the soryu for this final section it doesn't feel different than any other weapon. Nah.
0: Is it is at least more power? I'm assuming it probably doesn't because you there's a there's a cheat code you can do in this game to get the Soul Reaver when you start a new game. Yeah, I mean I don't
1: know like like just from watching the Let's Play it it you know you're still having to block his attacks and then when you counter you you're just doing the same like three hit combo and it's yeah. you know because when you got the Soul Reaver in um, Blood Omen like you were turning enemies into giblets right you can kill the final boss in Blood Omen one with the Soul Reaver in three hits because it is the soul reaver and that it just doesn't feel like that when you finally wrest it from the Seraphim Lord's fingers. Uh, and that's, that's that, like, I was
0: watching that. I was like, that's a bummer. <laughs> I, God, I can't, I just know that it's just, the only thing special about that I'm aware of that is unbreakable for one thing. And it's probably more powerful if you, than other weapons are in this game.
1: Yeah. But even, even like the more powerful weapons are marginally. So it's like, <laughs> Oh, OK, I, I was able to, like, slash this guy two fewer times with, with this bat left yeah. from, from the bigger
0: Seraphan guards. OK, I guess that's more powerful. <laughs> I'm sure that's all it is, too, with this. And I I'd wanted to try it, but I didn't. Cause originally, I was going to put it in the code before I even started this game just so I was more powerful. But I'm like, no, I should try the game the way it is so I can talk about it better. But then I'm like, yeah, I should just used the damn code. <laughs> right, <laughs> I would have enjoyed it more. I didn't. I like I said before, I didn't mind the weapon breaking because I'm constant. You're constantly getting new weapons. Then like you can you kill an enemy with a weapon, a couple enemies, not like Breath of the Wild where I try to kill one enemy and broke my weapon three times. So, you know
1: exactly. Yeah, like they, I would go like large stretches with the same weapons. Like okay, this is fine. And you know when you're when you're fighting tougher enemies, you can definitely tell because your weapons break faster. But it, it depends on the weapon you're using. Also, like if you're using a regular sword against like the again, the bat left using Seraphan guards, like, that sword's gonna break real quick, but if you have the same weapon that the Seraphan guard was using on you on something else, like, that thing is very sturdy, and it, it'll last you a lot of fights. So, you know, I don't mind weapon degradation if the weapons feel sturdy, it, but that's my big problem with uh, Breath of the Wild. It's also my huge problem with Silent Hill Downpour, where you have a fucking fire axe that you need to use to chop down a door which is what fire axes are designed for and it breaks while you're chopping down the door like that that doesn't that doesn't work for me.
0: <laughs> and that is kind of shitty. I have I've never played Downpour yet. I have played Origins which I really really like. Mm-hmm. I do want to play someday Downpour will probably be on the show, probably not as soon because my my co-host is not into horror anymore like my other co-hosts were, so. Okay, well <laughs> <That's> I'm, probably... <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not helping you on Downpour. Uh I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll know who not to ask them when we get there someday <laughs> someday maybe i still want to finish up the Silent hill series but i, I yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll i'll play some homecoming
1: again i like homecoming but this is all this is also very funny to any nerds without pants listeners because we recently had a big beef on silent hill homecoming versus silent hill downpour in our video game cage match se- section and it's still a thing like we didn't actually squash that beef <laughs>
0: <laughs> some i i never i never got around to those yet i really want to because they seem interesting to me yeah I replayed Silent Hill 2 not too long ago. Ooh, that that mm, mm, mm. time was not friendly to that game. <laughs> I mean,
1: well, again, like context is everything, right? But game, like gameplay, it certainly doesn't hold up. But like imagery and story and all that, it's like oh, okay, yeah. Like you can like oh that that game, you know, you can write papers on that game. Like, yeah, it's amazing. I, I actually, my very first date ever, I, I was I got deep into the weeds on the symbolism of Silent Hill. <laughs> but, oh, it's go. because she, I mean, she brought it up. Like you know, video games obviously came up, and then she she had played Silent Hill, and I was, and we were talking about, and we got into this pretty fun, deep conversation about the deeper meanings of Silent Hill, and that was that was actually pretty fun. It it was. I was not <laughs> I was not being a weird gamer dude on this <laughs> date. I, let me
0: let me. Clarify that. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty funny though. All right, and then we should and then before we go on to questions, we should mention this amazing detailed ending. So he gets the Soul Reaver, he stabs the Seraphon Lord, everything blows up, and he walks away. The end. I mean, that that's (laughs) consistent things because that's literally the ending of Blood Omen One. Oh Yeah, but Blood (laughs) Omen One had a lot of leading up to it. This one was kind of like, oh, it's over. Yeah. But but it ends in a way where I'm like okay, I, I actually want
1: to see him conquer Nosgoth now. Like, I want to play that. Like, that that's what I said. Like, I i would play Blood Omen 3 today, you know, if they made that, like, I would do that. And again, like, I, I think I've mentioned this in previous Kane episodes, but if listeners want to look up the the uh, footage of that unreleased Legacy of Kane game that um, they were working on, which basically looks like Legacy of Kane meets Hitman, that game looks all right. Like,
0: Your son. Uh, I is what it was called.
1: Yeah, I think so. Not not Nazgoth, because Nazgoth is that weird multiplayer one. But yeah, that, that gameplay looks real damn good. Uh, now, the setting for it, I was not pleased with because it, it was like set like far beyond the era of Kane or Raziel to the point that they're not even like factored into the story and it's like well that's the wrong way to go
0: um but the gameplay itself looked really good. I'm watching the video right now and funny that you mentioned it actually the first question we had was from the Overblood group Will will to said Legacy Kane is such good shit the writing and voice acting is insanely good there was a leak not too long ago from a cancelled sequel and he posted the the link to what I'm watching right now.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> so I didn't mention that And I will say just, um, you know, not to date this episode too much, but we we are like the Avengers game by Crystal Dynamics has just recently come out to mediocre uh, reviews, both from critics and players. And I'm terrified that Square is going to decide that the game didn't perform to their lofty expectations and then close down Crystal Dynamics instead of putting them on the legacy of Kane sequel that they should be working on. Oh, they're not going to work on a sequel anyway. They I should, I, but I mean that's what they should be doing, right? Like it's just that their masters are insane. Like like Square <laughs> Enix's projections for game sales are insane. I just found out that Final Fantasy VII remake underperformed.
0: <laughs> didn't that it's, sell really good
1: it sold 5 million copies that's really um, good is probably less than i would have thought it would have sold but that's still in 2020 those are really fucking good numbers and square is like oh they're like they're actually upset that it didn't sell well we're um, not gonna get a part two are we <laughs> well, all, but the rumor is now is that that's it like it's just going to be two parts and so they're gonna cram the rest of final fantasy 7 into one other game which oh. i mean I, I, I maintained that the f- remake should have just been the whole game to begin with, um, but when you like what you did in the remake, and then you're going to then cram the rest of the story into a sequel. Uh, that, mm, okay. All right, Square, whatever.
0: That's not going to work well. I, I hope they don't do that because there's a lot to that game. Yeah. All right. I'm going to read a, actually got a lot more memories and comments than I expected. So I'm going to try to read Uh, a decent amount of these and it'll give us some stuff that we hadn't brought up but the first one from the laser time group from greg moore sort of the phantom menace of the legacy of kane series it is that it jumped back in the timeline but essentially contributed nothing of consequence to the overall canon i haven't played it since the early 2000s but as i recall it was entirely a side story so only Omen 2 in in the sense that it starred kane and chronologically followed the events of black of bloodlust 1 hey man The pod race was pretty cool. Hey, I love Phantom Menace. I will defend Phantom Menace as a good movie. Now, Attack of the Clones is shit, but Phantom Menace is... Good.
1: I actually enjoy the prequels, but th- yeah, like, uh, Attack of the Clones is definitely the weakest. Uh, there's There are definitely parts of Phantom Menace that I really love, um, I including the political shit. Like, I, I actually really dig that stuff. But he's not wrong about, about Blood Omen 2, you know, other than towards the end of the game tying in Janos Aldrin into it and kind of the origin of the vampire race into this conflict. That's really it. And then apparently when they did Defiance, they asked Amy Henning about Blood Omen 2 and she really... like. She she literally does a hand wave dismissal of the story <laughs> of Woman two, which is, I think disappointing because I think there is stuff there that should be part of the overall Canon, but she was like, eh,
0: it's time stuff, you know, alternate realities and whatnot. <laughs> it's, it- yeah, it's too bad at that there. And here's one from Brandon Bailey. Also, Vorador shows up back in the game, and I'm pretty sure it's never once explained how he came back from being, you know, decapitated. But I think that was kind of what you brought up, too, where you said, it, you know, he reversed time, so it didn't happen. Yeah, and don't, like, I'm
1: not completely 100% on that, because the the last section of, like, Omen 2 gets so weird with the timeline. But I want to say that when you see Vorador decapitated, that is in a version of the future when... That, that you see, but then when you go back in time, or maybe or maybe you create that. Maybe you cause that because you go back and kill the king, and then that's how I don't remember.
0: It's a, it's a lot, lot of timey wimey time. stuff though. It is a lot of timey-wimey stuff for sure. It, it's I I read a little bit of this in for from the episode, but I didn't go in detail. Like I didn't go back and listen to our episodes or anything, of course. I didn't because it's not what they were really here for, but yeah, it's it's maybe watch our blood listener a little bit. Maybe we explained episode nineteen. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> what I, I also in- I also don't
1: recall. Like, I think you're right about Soul Reaver 2, where when you do see Vorador, it's it's you see him before the events of Blood oh, Omen. Yeah, that,
0: that's for sure because I was reading on the Wikipedia for Soul Reaver for Legacy of Cain series, and it was talking about how he, when he because Soul Reaver 2, you're going through time, different eras, because yes. Mobius, which yeah. is cool. And this one from Sam Neil. Somehow, I only played the Soul Reaver games and not the Blood omens I'm kind of surprised this franchise died out. Me too. I'm surprised about that.
1: um And I, I do like. You know, as much as I love the first Blood Omen game, like neither of these games have aged well. And so it is very difficult to go back to them. If if anything, the first game, just because of the insane load times. (laughs) (laughs) I I had such a hard time with that first game. Yeah, I liked it, but I, I enjoy it as the dark Legend of Zelda that it was trying to be. I
0: mean, that's really what it was going for. Oh, here's an interesting comment from Emmanuel Colvin. Blood Omen 2 would be entirely non canon if not for Defiance, trying, tying it to, to the overall plot into the fall of the pillars. I wonder whose idea was that to take something conceived as an alternate universe and what if and make it not just relevant, but a foundation stone for the rest of the series. That's. Okay. It that's interesting because that, that contradicts what I heard from Amy Henning but I,
1: I in, all, in all fairness I have not finished Legacy of Kain: Defiance which is one of the reasons I'm really excited to revisit it for this podcast <laughs> because it's and it's not that I didn't enjoy it I was really loving that game but it, was at, it came out at a time where I think something else must have come out like some RPG that I was looking forward to and so I put it down and then I picked it back up and could not remember where I was because that is one of those games where if you put it down midstream and you don't know exactly what you were doing you're not going to know where to go next, because the game, like, it it literally melds the gameplay of Raziel and Kane into, you know, alternating chapters. So, on on the Kane side, it's an action game like Devil May Cry, and then on the Raziel side, it's all of the puzzle solving and reality shifting and all of that stuff. And I was on a Raziel chapter, and I was like, I don't know what I need to do next, and I'm really (laughs) far into this level.
0: (laughs) Okay, I, I definitely... I'm looking forward to playing it too here in the yeah. future. And another one I want to read from Zach Adams. I beat the first three K games, but got two hours into this and I immediately fired it out of my brain. Did it deserve that? Or was it just being a dumb elitist? it deserved it
1: yeah no you you made the right call and and i you know i am definitely the a person who like i said i'm very much about looking at games in context and saying like well you can't you can't i mean you can judge it by today's standards but that that's just going to make almost everything look bad but even by 2002 standards and especially compared to the game that came out just months before it in the same series it's just an inferior product from top to bottom
0: yeah and last one from this group, but I told a lot of others <laughs> from Excellent. Adam Bradbury. My brother and I would quote these games all the time. We were told to be on the lookout for a vampire.
1: Hey, Adam Bradbury, he's a listener of Nurse
0: Without Pants. What's going oh, on, Adam? Okay, so that's where <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah. he, he messaged me a few times in the on the Facebook page and and was talking and got me to listen to Metal Gear Mondays, which I actually was listening to a bunch recently. Yeah,
1: yeah, he he recommend, recommended that to me too. He's a good dude. And yeah. uh, no, that's
0: he cool. yeah,
1: I, he's he's right. Like I I get really into being Kane. Um, I, he's just such, he's just such a cool character, and like I said at the top of the show, like, and I can't understate or I can't overstate it enough that, that Simon Templeman is like the the driving force of Blood Omen Two. It's like if you don't have him, you've got nothing.
0: <laughs> Wait, he he actually is on uh, the cameo. As of this recording, he's on the Cameo website where you can get you can get him to do a cameo video for you for like thirty five dollars. I'll go to charity. I, I was looking it up earlier for reasons. Oh
1: God! Like
0: I, a friend a friend
1: of mine actually got me a cameo um earlier in the pandemic. because it's been very hard on me and he got one for me from ronda sheer from usa up all night which is awesome because <laughs> i i i love b movies and i love boobs um, <laughs> but but uh, get, getting getting Kane as a cameo that oh man that
0: yeah, it's awesome we'll, we'll talk uh, i, I will talk after the show uh, <laughs> i have something to say to you after the show all right and this one from and this is from the legacy of kane fans you guys were super awesome i got over 45 comments i'm not reading all 45 from this group that one other group to read because that's just too many but i'm going to read some of these but i'm just just thank you guys for being such a cool fan base and reach and because I, I didn't i didn't think anyone's going to comment about this game i'm like i'm not getting nobody because people don't like this game
1: no, but but the Kane fan base is rabid like to the point where if I tweet anything that mentions Legacy of Kane or Soul Reaver like there are accounts that just pick it up because <laughs> there there are like Twitter accounts that are just scouring Twitter for anybody talking about these games because you know, it, it, it especially because, like, I think a lot of us fans of the series are like, is this the year? Like, is this when we get a teaser for the next game?
0: Is like, this I'm, the year? I'm watching this Dead Sun thing since we've been talking, and this list looks awesome. Like, I would have yeah. loved to play this. And I'm really Definitely. bummed I can't. Yeah. It reminds me, like, Arkham Asylum and other stuff kind of put together, like Spider-Man. It just looks really cool.
1: Yeah. And with a heavy emphasis on stealth, which, like I was saying earlier in this episode, I think that for this particular game, that's really what it should have focused on, is trying to, to disguise your vampirism and yeah. skulk in the shadows and everything. Because and
0: it, it does show very few times in Bloodman 2, where as he's talking to Pedestrian, he looks like a human. He he has a disguise on. He doesn't look like a vampire.
1: Yeah, but but it, especially at the very beginning of the game when he's just out there with his bare white chest and his oh, black yeah, claws. He, it's they like, know, but... No, no, no. But like people talk to him like he's like a regular dude. And it's like, oh, okay. And, and, you know, because he did have a spell in the first game that allowed him to masquerade as a human. And I don't know if I want to say there was a line here that implicates that he still has that ability. And so maybe he's using that, but they just didn't show it visually. There
0: is something there is a there is a very small scene at some point where you see him looking like a hook nose merchant or something talking to somebody for like a brief second.
1: Yeah, so I, I guess that that's it. So you know, and and I guess they, you know the economy of they they couldn't actually show him f- shifting. Well, and you wouldn't want to be in that form for most of the game anyway. So that kind of makes sense. But um, I would have liked them to be in a little bit more explicit about what was going on because it was kind of funny to see people treating him like a regular dude. <laughs> oh, and
0: that that dead son also looks like Assassin's Creed where he's talking to someone else in like a regular outfit. That oh, it looks man, I'm I'm so upset we never got that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for a guy who never really played a Legacy of Kain series until episode 19 of the show, I'm I'm like Damn, I'm really upset now because I really want to play Dead Son. Yeah, and I can't because it doesn't exist. <laughs> All right, and this and a couple from here, I'm going to read from Marvin Blow. I love the combat system of, of the of this game. Yeah, okay, I agree. I mean, I you know again, it it needs more, but the the.
1: Basics there are really fun. They're really good. And again, like, I really like the active blocking. Like, I I like the way that it feels. And when the audio is working correctly, it's even better because it does this kind of, like, escalating chime every time that you successfully block an attack. But that only
0: happened, like, maybe 10% of the time. (laughs) I like this one. From Brandy Hansen. It was very what the fuck whatever the bosses would run away slash around like a damn valley girl in heels My roommate at the time and I mocked that bit of the game endlessly. Yeah,
1: why are you always having to chase the bosses? They're like, oh, I can defeat you easily, Kane. Let me run away.
0: All right, here's an interesting one from Julian Henry. I enjoyed it. In fact, gameplay-wise, it's my favorite of the five. It has some issues, especially with the sound glitching, but it was still fun to play. It is, however, my least favorite from the series in terms of story and captivation. I also think it's weird that they changed Vorador's face.
1: It's very weird that they changed Vorador's
0: face. Yeah, I, I don't get it. <laughs> this one from samuel snyder i just remember playing the first time and wondering about the whole timeline split thing and confusing myself but afterward did really enjoy it at its core it's not an unworthy sequel now uh, here's a here's a good one from purpurium barisha it's the best in the series gameplay wise and it's the most focused story wise it's straightforward and very fun it doesn't take itself as serious seriously as the rest of the series it's not the black sheep it's the cool one i did call this game the black sheep in this group uh interesting again I'm glad it- that I'm glad someone really, I mean, there actually are a lot of people who really, really love this game. And I'm just like, I'm happy you did. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that, you I know, cannot, but.
1: you can list almost any game. and You're going to find some people who are very passionate about it, and that's fine. I, you know, again, this might just be memory, but I just remember feeling that the gameplay in Defiance was amazing. And I could be wrong, like, you know, we'll we'll get there next year. But that's an interesting take, of, you know, saying that's the best gameplay of, of the series.
0: Yeah. It's because it's more combat. At least what out of the four that we played so far for the show, it's much more combat heavy than Soul Reaver was. So I can kinda see that and I didn't really enjoy Soul Reaver combat, if I remember correctly. And Blood Omen one, I didn't enjoy that much, if I remember correctly. So Yeah.
1: But I, I but guess. in Defiance, Kane gets to do air
0: juggles, Mike. I'm air, I'm very excited juggles. to play Defiance. I we almost skipped this to play Defiance, but <laughs> I thought that we needed to. Otherwise we never would have went back. Right. All right, this one's from Michael Bly. I will say that I have played every Legacy of Kane game several times, more than twenty times. I've only played through that one twice because of the combat system and simple puzzles. Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can I can see that. <laughs> oh, this we didn't talk about. So this is a good one from Virgilio Batista. I enjoyed the hell out of this for the fact that I could grab enemies by the throat and cut their heads off, which you can do. It
1: kills Oh man, and- yeah. Again, I forgot about the the uh, the grab mechanic, so I never got to see that.
0: I'm bummed. By- oh, no did it a couple times by accident when I hit the wrong buttons or I would be trying to throw, because you can throw people off into the water, you can throw them into places, but then you don't get their blood. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it, it is an instant kill when you do that. Man, okay, like... I
1: wish, I wish that that had been needed for some of the enemies, because they do they teach it to you in the tutorial, but then I quickly forgot about it, because I was like, why would I ever use this? This feels it's like very shit. very slow.
0: Yeah. You have to time it right where you can grab them, because it's slower than him hitting, and you don't have large windows in between when they attack you from when you can attack them next. Yeah. And,
1: and that's a, and that's another thing that I think of, if the enemies had better tells. Uh, oh, I forgot to tell, tell you about one of the major glitches that I encountered, where partway through the canyon level, which is the last level that I got to. Enemies just stopped attacking me. <laughs> what? They would they would they would come to me and they would just move around me and not do anything. And so you would think, "Oh, that must have made the game a lot easier." Oh no. No, 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 no. Because, you know, the game is kind of built around you blocking and then like rep- yeah, you know, they like, open like, up after they attack. Right. So if they're not attacking, I mean, you can still get a few hits in just by slashing at them, but it's a much slower affair because they're typically going to block most of the stuff that you're putting out there. And also, since I wasn't blocking, I wasn't charging up my Fury and Berserk moves. So I also couldn't, like, one-shot some of the
0: enemies here and there, and that sucked. <laughs> oh, that is. Because you need to—OK, okay, I can see what you mean then. Because at first, I was like, oh, that's not a bad thing, but, yeah, they don't they don't ever open up. Or, oh, yeah, that would make it very annoying. Yeah. Cause that combo is all of the main way you do damage to them.
1: Right. And, and also it took away like the, the biggest like selling point of the game,
0: which was the actual combat. And here's and this one from Daniel Monroe. I liked it. I just love all the games in the series. I would love a remake. Could you imagine this in an open world? That would be cool. I don't, I mean,
1: I don't, I, I, I like the level design, but I would love to see a remake of this game. Like, again, like I said, if you change the control scheme, add some like depth to the combat, change up the level design completely. Like you've got a banger of a game.
0: All right, this is something we haven't mentioned. so supposed be a good one to read from Rue Caprahina. And I apologize for any name I butchered. That's what I do here. I've only beaten it once 15 years ago. I was immediately dismayed by the bimbo vampire girl and the tank controls. And I never cared too much for the Highland. Also, also, Beast Jano sucks. However, I installed it last weekend and want to finish it again this year. Well, hey, maybe you'll listen to the podcast and after, when you do.
1: Yeah, we didn't even talk about <laughs> Uma, who was like... Eh. Uh, it, it, it's funny like you know i i love um to watch like really bad boob physics <laughs> and it's not in the reg- regular game but in the first cutscene with her when she wakes up kane like i think they were trying to replicate her breathing but it just looks like her boobs are pulsating like like <laughs> it is the straight like the only other animation that is worse is uh, there's a character in mortal Kombat deception where her, t- her tits do, like, a full 360-degree rotation as she moves. What the fuck? Um, it, it's awful. And, and, like, that stuff always, like, amuses me. But And this character, Uma, actually looks like a Mortal Kombat reject. Actually, yeah, a, lot, a lot of the vampires in this game look like Mortal Kombat rejects. <laughs> Not wrong. They look like stuff from Mortal Kombat 4.
0: Yeah. All right. And this one from Frank, Cor- Cor- Frank C. Could it have been better? Definitely. But it's still badass. Kane is brutal. You're not yeah. wrong. like that part with Uma where she betrays you and he just and he's like, you can save me. And she's like, he's like, you're dead. He just yeah. walks away and just leaves her to die because she betrayed because she didn't even betray him. That when she took a thing off his chest or something to go fight the Seraphan Lord herself, I don't remember exactly. But yeah,
1: there, there's a weird part of the story there, because, I, I mean, I saw her betraying Cain from like the jump, but I just assumed that she was going to be working for the Seraphan Lord. Yeah, same. And. And so after you kill her and you're talking to to the Seraphan Lord at the end, like, basically, Cain says, like, accuses the Seraphan Lord of, like, having Uma as his spy. And he's like, I don't have a spy named Uma. Implying that Cain thought that she was working for him the whole time. But that's not what she says. Like, she literally says, I'm going to kill him instead of you because I don't trust you. But yeah. even, even when she betrays him, it's also a weird thing where she says, like, How, why would you let the vampires live? And it's like, because he is a vampire and he's been working to have vampires rule. Like none of, like none of that stuff works for me, but I do love the fact that like, because, because she betray him, everyone betray him. That's a room (laughs) reference folks. Um, That he kills her outright when he could save her because, you know, he's like, you, sorry, you should have been on my side and you weren't. So now you die, which is. (laughs) That is vintage Kane.
0: I I did like, I mean, I didn't like her, but I did like that part. And last thing I'm going to read from this group is from Nicholas Mills. Second game I played in the series after Soul Reaver. Probably my favorite of the series. Everything is so different from the rest. It's mind-blowing, confusing, and spectacular at the same time. The atmosphere is amazing. The music is some of the best, if not the best. Next up, Little 1. Every level is so distant from the next. It always feels fresh and new. Top-notch sound design. Favorite level is the Canyon. So.
1: Ooh. Oh man. I know I, I don't understand I, either like, but that you know, that's awesome that you that you love it but I, I I the canyons is what broke me and then I like the I, canyons I, <laughs> I I actually <laughs> like the sound like I was I was actually going to say is that like you know there's little hints of the soundtrack of the of the of the series in there but by and large like it and maybe it maybe it was just because of the sound glitches but i didn't get a lot of that in my playthrough and, and i
0: was very disappointed i was like this doesn't even sound like the legacy of kane series oh here's a good one from uh we want a new legacy of Kane group from jordan mulatto he said Spoiler alert, question of question on the game, is Vorador alive because this is a new timeline created when Kane saves Razio at the end of Soul Reaver 2? And somebody else answered him and said, yep, we just never see his resurrection take place in Defiant due to time constraint."
1: Oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense to me.
0: Okay, all right, yeah. that So that that that's why he's alive, because yeah. I guess... Because I forgot that Soul Reaver 2 kind of takes place throughout time as as Raziel is doing things. and so, But I don't remember a whole lot about the series, unfortunately. I mean,
1: you, you definitely, as a story writer, you you it's easy to write yourself into problems with time travel. <coughs> See Heroes Season 2. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, but the other thing, too, is that you can just explain stuff away. The most
0: of the last few seasons of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> And here's an interesting, well, this one from Etrigal Ecole is the weakest game in the series, but that's not that bad as all the rest of the games in the series are masterpieces. I know you can agree with that um, or most of them.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> think masterpieces as far as gameplay goes, but as far as story and world building and stuff like that, yeah. I mean, you know, this, this is one of my favorite worlds in video games, and, it, you know, there's a reason why I've been fiending for a new Legacy of Kane game forever, as, as I think a lot of the people in this group are. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I kind of like, now that I watch that Dead Sun, I really want to play Dead Sun. Yeah. And I can't. Uh, from Joshua Kelly, personally, I had no problem with it outside of being a bit buggy, a few missing story pieces in it, like Vorador's Revival, but otherwise, I think it explains exactly why Nosgoth becomes the wasteland it does in Soul Reaver. I think that's a cool idea. Like, that, I mean, it does make sense because, I mean, when you see Nosgoth and Soul Reaver, it's completely just the world is screwed up. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And and again,
1: I want to play that part of it where where you get to see, like, not only Kane conquer Nosgoth, but then maybe you get maybe there's a time skip where you get to see how his rule has impacted Nosgoth. Although there are some story threads in Soul Reaver 2 that indicate that it's not necessarily because Kane destroyed the Pillar of Balance that there's actually deeper machinations at work.
0: And this one from Rai Shadad said, I I have to say it, I liked it better than Soul Reaver 2. I did too, because I couldn't play Soul Reaver 2, So, <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm still I'm still bummed that I had to watch that entire game in YouTube videos because I could not get it to run on anything Steam, PS2, nothing just would not run. Yeah, that's rough. I was, and I, I mean, I, I I would I could have bought a real copy and bought a real PS2, but that was not happening. So yeah, I mean, you know,
1: I I I haven't said it on the show, but you know, I'm a I'm a very big proponent of playing games on original hardware with original software whenever possible Um, because even when you get like remasters that come out on like other systems later on down the road you almost always lose something in the translation there's just there's just something that can't be recreated when when you bring it to other platforms and but but you know that's not in everybody's wheelhouse like i mean i'm i'm super anti-emulation but that's that's more from just a like coming from a former game retailer and also someone who Played around with the idea of making games for a while, but I
0: love emulation, especially for older stuff. But I usually my whole thing is I'll try to buy it if I if I can buy it like on Steam or somewhere else. I will buy it and I'll emulate it just because I want save state. Right, and, and I'm
1: I'm starting to come around on the idea of wanting to emulate a version of the of a game that you own simply because maybe you want to save on the wear and tear on the hardware, or if you want to like do stuff like modify it, or like you said, it, like use save states, like that stuff.
0: I'm I'm a little less. Like, <laughs> I, like I emulated Eternal Darkness because either I either a have that game in my collection I don't know where or b I would have to pay eighty dollars or no hundred and fifty dollars I think it was to buy it off eBay to some loser who still has a copy of it because Nintendo hey, won't re-release it I'm like I'm emulating it I I, I have I have a new copy of it <laughs> it's a good game it's just that <laughs> I have I had a story that's on there that I, I why I don't either I do have it or I don't have it but it's because of one moment where I looked at it I'm like hmm I should buy this yeah. But, I yeah that that's I, I emulate a lot but that's a big reason why because I just don't I mean but I will buy like I bought Super Mario three five or six times at this point point on different things. I have no problem emulating that. I'm like, right. More yeah, got it. It. Nintendo's gotten your money many times over on that one. Know. Yeah. Two times in we virtual console, which I'll never see again, but Hey, <laughs> and this one, I'm going to only read a few more from Dan McCoolis. My favorite level was the internal prison. Turn the, turn the lights off at night and play this level. It's awesome. Yep. It was a good level. It's a really cool level. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a Chachan Ch- Ch- forever man level, but it was a cool level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one from Christopher Carter. Fuck that game. I just love that. That was his one comment. Uh, You know, I I did feel that way at times. Like, I I don't hate this game, but I I did like that. And this one from Efren Alvarez. This is my beloved favorite one. See, Like, a lot of people really like this game.
1: Hey, man, there's people who love Final Fantasy 2 also. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that you, you know, that's an unpopular opinion.
0: (laughs) And last one I'm going to read for questions is from a I can't even pronounce your name. Last name, Winterovitz. I said that wrong too. A guilty pleasure of mine. Like I'm glad to see that a lot of people are fans of this game. I'm glad to see that this game brought joy to a lot of people. Yeah, and, and
1: I think because the series is so short and it's so engaging, like when you start when you start to get into the whole like world of Nazgoth and stuff like that, you want more. And so even if you've heard bad things about Blood Omen two, you're gonna try it. And when you do, you're you know, you'll probably be like, This isn't nearly as good, but it's still more and I just want more. So at least I got a little bit more of this series that I love so much.
0: If I played it in two thousand two, I wouldn't have minded all the levers. I wouldn't have minded all the stuff in this game like i actually almost bought this game in in 2003 or sometime maybe 2004 i remember seeing it at the shelf and i had no idea i actually might own this somewhere because the cover looked cool with a vampire mm-hmm. i might have bought it. i can't remember. <laughs> i know i picked it up and thought about buying it because i was i had my first job when i was in high school so i would just go every every week go to game or eb games at the time and just pick up random ps2 games yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm older, but I did when I got my
1: first job, I would go every Friday to Game Fellas, which was our local store that I would end up working at for 8 years. I would just spend my paycheck on whatever was new that looked interesting. Like that's how I ended up with Nightmare Creatures because I was like, because you could try out games at Game Fellas? So I, would, I tried it for a few minutes and I was like, yeah, okay, ring it up. Um and that, that's how <laughs> that's that's what I did for like, you know, well, and I I only worked that job for like a year and a half, and then I worked at Gamefellas, so then it was a matter of, um, oh, I've got an employee discount, and I also beat games really quickly, so let me buy this game when it comes out on a Tuesday, beat it by Sunday, and then trade it in the following Tuesday for the next new game. <laughs>
0: I, I I used to go out to game stores a lot, like GameStop, and buy like new games or not not new, but like new games for me. But I'll, I'll be, yeah. stuff under ten dollars. But now that GameStop is kind of at its end, I don't go anymore, mm-hmm. and because of COVID. I well, that. yeah, <laughs> and also like I, I I'm sad for anybody who doesn't have like a
1: mom and pop used video game store because the quality of used games at GameStop is terrible. Um, but they
0: are not what they were, and I'm I no. am sad to see that they are on their last like yeah. I, well, I'm not. Mean, I'm not so. Again, as, as
1: a long time retail guy, I'm not so sad about that because fuck GameStop. I, because I understand. You know. <laughs> but um, it having fewer places to buy used video games is bad. And it, I I was actually uh, without pants listeners know this, but my plan was actually to open a video game store in Colorado Springs, and then this fucking pandemic happened, and was like, you want dreams? Fuck you. At least you didn't do it right before COVID hit. Yes, I am thankful of that still sad. Because there have definitely been plenty of businesses here in Austin where you know they opened up right before this happened, and now they're gone, and it's like that just breaks my heart. So yeah, you're right; it could have been worse.
0: Because <laughs> I, 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 COVID has just been so terrible for things, and that's one of the things I feel so bad about is that if you open a business and it's it, you probably didn't survive what happened. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I mean, you know, Austin has a lot of, like, very well-known music venues and restaurants that are local here, and we've lost a bunch of them in the last six months. Places that have been around for
0: 40, 50 years, and it's just... Heartbreaking. It's it's crazy what this what this pandemic did to this did to the world. Yeah. Hey, we hey, we don't play Nosgoth yet, and we don't have glyph technology, so there's that, right?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, maybe this is how we get to you know Nosgoth. That like someone broke the pillar of balance somewhere on Earth, <laughs> and we just don't know who. That was in 2016,
0: I think, right? Isn't that when yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> All right, I think we should go to shelf for box now. You know, that was actually the longest question section I have ever had on the show, by the way, just now.
1: No, that's great. I mean, thanks to everybody who who submitted I hope they get to listen to the show because um They'll
0: see the vlog, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. And and, I mean, I I, again, like I I think that the, the Kane community is one of the most rabid fan bases that I've seen. Oh, and I meant to mention this last time. It doesn't really fit into this, but there is a YouTube channel and I don't remember the name of it, but just search for legacy for Soul Reaver Alpha footage. And basically, this person was able to get their hands on the alpha build of the original Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver for PS1, which, as we talked about on that episode, there was a ton of stuff that was cut from that game for time constraints. And they go through and show you, like, a lot of the, like, areas that didn't make it into the game, animations that didn't make it into the game, story bits that were supposed to be there. It's super fascinating. Um, if if you're into the concept of, like, video game archaeology like I am, where you, you know like the the search for the 13th colossus in shadow of the colossus like that whole thing or boundary break stuff where you get to see like kind of how the sausage is made where you see these unused rooms and stuff that are still in the game for some reason um it's a fascinating deep dive and there's a ton of videos that that handle
0: everything from level design to combat to puzzles it's really cool okay yeah my attention i might have to look that up cuz i i for a series i could give a shit about you know <laughs> over 2 years ago now i'm very interested so yeah all right, and I think we should go down to Shelf for Box. And Julian, since you're our guest, why don't you go first? Oh, this is going in the fucking box, Mike. <laughs> um, I, you know, I bought
1: a copy for this podcast, and I don't. It's not that I'm angry that I bought a copy for the podcast, but there was a reason that I didn't already have it on my in my collection. <laughs> but now you own it.
0: But now I own it. Now I have them all. I mean, if I if I see this at a flea market for five dollars, I would pick it up and throw it in the box or actually it would go on a shelf just to have it.
1: Yeah, I paid I paid a fair sight more than that. But but in my in my defense, it came with two other games that I that are cool. It had it came with Legaia 2 and the uh, Brave Fencer Musashi sequel for PS2. And all three oh. of them look like brand new copies. So well, Musashi sequel will
0: be coming on the show at some point. So I've never played that one. So I'm I'm interested to. Uh, OK, check out. I'll have to hit you up then when we get there. Yeah, Gaia Two will not be because that is a long game. The, yeah, the the the, the Lagaya games are long, but they're, but, they're yeah. <laughs> I I I've never played Gaia Two very far, but I've seen it and I remember it looking like a really good RPG, and I've always wanted to go back and play it someday. Yeah, I own it.
1: <laughs> so well, it has I, Julian Titus's
0: recommendation to anyone who's listening and likes RPGs. <laughs> Legend of Gaia, that's a good game, but I don't know how it holds up in 2020 anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I think Gaia 2 probably holds up a little bit better. Gameplay is similar in both games, but obviously the, the it looks way better on Gaia 2. Yeah, because PS1 is
0: rough to go back to sometimes. Yeah. All right, now I'll go next. I'm I was actually torn between putting this on the shelf or the box for a while because I did enjoy parts of the game. I was having a lot of fun, but it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm ready to be done. And I yeah. was only in chapter seven or eight, and the game just kept on going. I'm like, I understand, but. I don't want to play you anymore. And so I finished it, but then it glitched out the end of me. So then it really went, OK, fuck you, game. You're going in the box and I don't want to play you again. Yeah.
1: And, I, and I, again, you know, it, it's a bummer because there's not very many entries in the series. And it does give you just a little bit more of that sweet, sweet legacy of Kane smack. But it, it it's just not quite there, well, you know, for me, at least. It's not there
0: for well, it's there for a lot of people, apparently. I was gonna it is. Say, yeah, but it's not it, it was cool to hear that. It did make me happy to to know that so many people really enjoyed it and were so like have such good fond memories of this game. Because I I, maybe if I played it in two thousand, you know, early early two thousands, I would like it a lot more. But twenty twenty, Mike was just like, meh, this ain't fun for me. Yeah, well, was fun at point, but it wouldn't end. I'm too busy, so (laughs) just going in the box and. I, will not rec- I, I won't recommend it to people.
1: I, I will recommend it to fans of the series. Like, like if you have played any of the other games and you really dug them and you want more and haven't played Blood Omen 2 because you've heard bad things, I would recommend it to those particular people. Because, um, again, it does give you more. Just oh. keep in mind that it is
0: rough. And even though Mike isn't here, I do have his shelf or box. Ah, as soon as I can find it. I'm assuming it's box because it almost killed him. <laughs> It definitely boxed, but he typed it up. Now I can't find it. I don't know why. I, I thought I saved it, but I did not. You know, he yeah, he did not. He he was actually, he even before he got sick, he's like, I'm not going to finish this game. He's like, and I was going to do PS2 cheat for him and send it so he could finish it. But then after he ended up in the hospital, I'm like, well, there's no point now. Alright, yeah. here's his here's his thing. I didn't finish the game, obviously, but even had my body not been a living dumpster, I doubt I would have had the patience <laughs> to get through this game. The combat is total garbage. What kind of all powerful vampire is Kane if even every enemy can block all of his attacks anyway? Draining the blood of everyone you come across is fun for a while, but ultimately just slows down the game even more, puts it in the box. So there's his thing. Yeah. I again
1: <laughs> I disagree with the combat, but he's he's not wrong. And I think you can explain away the weakness part just because yeah. He like pain is weaker, but then also like the like some of the like Seraphan guards are using really powerful weapons as well. Like a lot of it kind of boils down to what weapon are you using.
0: <laughs> I know he didn't like it when he got to the canyon and he fought the the girls that jump around a lot. I know that irritated him. I I didn't mind them. I also
1: liked their design because they kind of had this Red Sonia vibe that I was digging. I, like, I kind I like of it. really cool like you know sword and sorcery like Boris Vallejo type. Um,
0: design, like I, 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 love that stuff. I also save after every. Or I would, I would save state a lot, so I, it took away some of the issues <laughs> I had. He, he wasn't, yeah, because I could just hit. Oh, you hit me. Okay, I'll just reload and keep hitting and fix it. <laughs> It'll take away a lot of the problems. And I know he didn't play with save state because he tries to play more legit than I do. Where I'm just like, I don't give a shit. I need to finish this game. Yeah, but that's just how I play games in general, especially old games. if i can emulate it i'm gonna emulate just for safe states like even even when i play a new game i'll play on the easiest difficulty i can just so i can blow through it and enjoy it without really spending a lot of time on it
1: yeah that actually um that bit me in the ass on uh an upcoming episode that I'll be on, but I know you haven't announced it yet. So, um, we'll, we'll, I'll talk about oh, yeah, it. Again. I
0: haven't, uh, I forgot. <laughs> like, oh, it like, oh, <laughs> took a second. Like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And since I forgot, oh, I'll introduce what we're talking about next week. We're actually going to be talking about Ca- this is actually Mike, the other Mike's pick, but he's not here to introduce it. So I will Castlevania Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis. Ooh, nice. So I'm, it's a good game. I just got them yeah. beating it yesterday, for, and I'm gonna go play it again soon. So we're gonna we're gonna dig into that. Try and do more Castlevania because there's not enough on this and in, in this show yet. Yeah, there's only one. <laughs> Area of sorrow. Uh, well,
1: oh well. I mean, you you picked like uh, one of the best, like my favorite one. Hey, oh. I, I, <laughs> it it, it depends. It depends on what day of the week it is. It's either Aria of Sorrow or Dawn of Sorrow. Like it, you can flip a coin with me because I love them both.
0: Okay, I'll remember that when we do. Cause we were talking about doing Dawn of Sorrow in the future. So yeah. I'll have to hit you up for that one. All right. And since I forgot to say this in the beginning of the show, Julian, why don't you introduce where people might know you're from? Yes, uh, I host the Nerds Without Pants
1: podcast. Uh, You can find us on most podcatchers. And uh, I'm really happy with our most recent episode, episode 185. Uh, It is a four and a half hour monster, but that's because we had asked for the most epic music selections from our lovely listeners, and they did not disappoint.
0: Four and Uh, a half
1: hours? Yeah, well, because it was like a three-hour podcast, but then there's like an hour and a half oh, okay. of um, fucking amazing video game music in there. Man, that editing must have been a, t- a chore, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I'm also <laughs> a madman when it comes to editing, so they're all a chore. But, yes, yeah, so we do these music episodes every – like a few times every, every year because they are – labor intensive but it's always so worth it and it's it's a really fantastic episode and uh, I hopefully there's a lot of people from the Kane community listening to this um check us out because it's a lot of fun. you can also interact with us on Twitter at nwPcast or me on Twitter at Julian underscore Titus and I'm you know we're a smaller podcast also so if you
0: tweet at us we're gonna reply because <laughs> we're, we're like ah, somebody tweeted at us. And there will be a link in the show notes, as always, for your show. Yeah, I normally have you have always have the guests do it in the beginning, but I just completely forgot. Thanks to thanks to Blood Omen too, and just like let's get into this game. Oh yeah, no,
1: it's it's fine. I don't, I yeah, I'm I'm just happy to be able to talk about my my show because I'm I'm really proud of it, and especially this. If you don't listen to anything else, listen to episode 185.
0: <laughs> not on Stitcher. No, makes uh, me be sad because I, I I have listened to the show a few times, but it's not on Stitcher, so I don't listen to it much as I would normally. Yeah, you can find us on like you know Apple Podcasts Podcast
1: over you know over uh, like I, I use um what's it over not Overwatch that's that's a video <laughs> um Overcast. That's the one that I use.
0: Okay, I I don't know why I use Stitcher. I can't explain it. I, for some reason, downloaded Stitcher at one point in my life and I just never stopped using it and I don't know why. I mean, it's a super popular app. I think
1: part of the reason was that for up until just recently, we didn't have our own themes music. So we were using, I was just pulling whatever licensed, you know, music fit the episode. And so that'll get you dinged. And then obviously, like, I don't know how they would handle an hour and a half of video game music in there. I don't know if that automatically gets flagged or whatever Uh, we do we do have amazing original music now provided to us from megan mcduffie the composer of river city girls so that was really she she does amazing work and i fucking love our theme song
0: (laughs) that's why i have no video game music ever in this because i don't want to mess with copyright issue because i'm eventually going to put this on youtube but someday i keep telling myself yeah So I don't want to I know YouTube is very is very happy to copyright stuff and kick you off.
1: Yeah, which is weird because like, you know, YouTube is where I've found the, you know, all of the music
0: that it it doesn't make sense. But yeah. (laughs) it does youtube all right and i and i also want to mention if you enjoyed this episode we have done the rest of the so we've done a bunch of the series of legacy game which i forgot to mention at the top of the show uh, episode 19 blood open episode 40 soul reaver episode 77 soul reaver 2 so if you need more legacy cane go check out those episodes and, we, and you know ha- you do i mean hey you, they're they're more they're more entertaining games than these but in more story so this one have a lot of story but it's an entertaining episode, I think. So definitely check those out. And we do games every week. We do mini-games sometime. Well, mini-episodes or shorter episodes. We talk about some of the shorter games. It couldn't fill a full episode like this one did. So check those out. We also do comics and movies. So follow. we've been going through the MCU movies. So definitely check that out. At, at the time of this recording, you just got Iron Man 3. And you'll be getting next month 2 because it's all Spooktober right now. So definitely check out our other spooky stuff. And if you enjoy this episode, tell someone. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Let somebody know you enjoy games my mom found. It's a great way to... Help promote, help help us do more with the, support the show and help us do more with the show. And also, one last thing I want to say is please, follow, oh, give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro courtesy of Bobby, aka Mike Stoney from ZP Bite the Bullet, Songs of Cool Kid Squad. Definitely check him out on his YouTube channel. You see a link in the show notes. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Where I'm constantly posting updates, of what's going on with the show, and images of upcoming episodes. So I think that's all I need to say. I want to thank Julian for taking time out to continue our travel through Nosgoth. We got one more left. Yeah, yeah. always always happy to be here. <laughs> and we will see everybody next time. Bye, everybody. Wash your goddamn hands. Goodbye.